Hi, I'm Gary Gray, and I'd like to invite you to join me and my psychedelic sidekick, Dr. Gonzo, on a musical exploration here on, and this one's introduced by, on community radio station 3CR. Dr. Gonzo, and this one's introduced by is a 60-minute program where we listen to tracks from an album introduced by the artist who made the album. Thanks for listening, and this one's introduced by The preparation for this particular episode of And This One's Introduced By is rather spooky. Gary Gray recently visited Dr. Gonzo's podcast studio to record song introductions for We Mainline Dreamers, the new album by Gary Gray and Edward Clayton Jones. Alas, disaster struck as the doctor's computer inexplicably crashed and three introductions disappeared into the ether. Released on Lockie Lockwood's Spooky Records, Gary returned to record the introductions again and the new recordings were saved. The next day, the nefarious Mac spinning wheel of death appeared and a force quit program command was initiated. Upon reopening the particular audio editing application, Gary's three new song introductions were gone and it seemed like the ghosts in the machine were trying to tell us something. Gary Gray and Ed Clayton Jones have both built up impressive musical histories. Gary, notably as vocalist with the Negatives, the Sacred Cowboys and the Sixth Circle, while Ed played in the Recory, the Bad Seeds and many other groups. The pair of musicians are the sum of their musical experiences and cultural background. Ed and Gary have combined their talent to record We Mainline Dreamers, a record that could be called a concept album that Gary describes as an album constructed in the classic sense, an album that takes the listener on a journey, a series of observations arranged to produce a range of thoughts, feelings and emotions. More precisely, it's a psychological realism that delves into the inner person of a character's mind and motivation rather than focusing on external actions or motivators. The computer ghosts have relented and allowed Gary to tell his story about the songs on We Mainline Dreamers. So please join Dr Gonzo and Gary Gray presenting We Mainline Dreamers on And This One's Introduced By on Community Radio 3CR. I thought I'd start off by reading an extract from a review of We Mainline Dreamers which appeared in Backstreet Mafia and uh, it was written by Arun Kendall. It gives a little bit of uh, background which falls directly in the spirit of the album, I feel. So Arun says... We Mainline Dreamers is a whole operatic piece, a complete movement, like a ship tossed on a wild sea, something to immerse yourself in 
and to wallow around with abandon. Scything guitars and wailing songs. A certain dissonance and discord. This is a collaboration that has taken 40 years to make and as such has matured beautifully like a fine gallon of wine. So yes, that's when Ed and I did meet. It was somewhere around 40 years ago. And uh, we'd just never worked together. And uh, as a result of re-establishing our friendship uh, by telephone during lockdown, one of Melbourne's many lockdowns, we decided to try and uh, write and record some songs together. Arun goes on to say, The ride across the oceans of time they set sail in a ragged ship all torn and faded, a skeleton crew attached and a destination unknown. Thus began the story of We Mainline Dreamers. The sun was setting, but there was a drumming sound through the jungle that two old sea dogs had met in a bar in Canton. After 30 years out of touch, these men thought there was nothing for it but to build a new ship and sail it out into uncertain waters, one more cruise to the Siren's Rocks, to a vortex erasing time and space, the place of certain madness and rabid desires, the Atlantis of 1960s TV horror and perennial loss. And I guess we can thank Ed for that for, from uh, a press release we did for this record. Arun goes on to say, The result is a whole operatic piece, a complete movement like a ship tossed on a wild sea, something to immerse yourself in, and to wallow around with abandon, scything guitars, wailing songs, a certain dissonance and discord. This is a collaboration that has taken 40 years to make and as such has matured beautifully like a fine gallon of wine. A bit about ourselves, Ed and I, uh, Arun writes, with roots in some of Melbourne's most iconic bands in the past, Sacred Cowboys and The Wreckery, the meeting of Gary Gray and Ed Clayton Jones can only result in something quite special and anarchic, and it has. Their collaboration, We Mainline Dreamers, teeters on the brink of chaos and order, a series of discursive, rambling musical notes that coalesce into something quite cathartic and engaging. He goes on to say, at the heart here is a nautical tale of chaos and confusion, a rollicking set of stories bound by a wry poeticism and reverberated guitars that stumble and career like an inebriated sailor, and yet somehow manages to maintain an elegance and sufficiency replete with a rich vein of melody and atmosphere from the rambling shuffle of Mercury Retrograde to the balladry of life-death-infinity with its wailing, crying instrumentation to the grandeur of the title track, We Mainline Dreamers, this is glorious stuff. Arun says, 
At times, the duo veer close to a Roland S. Howard barbed wire pop attack. Witness the blood and bone man with its psychedelic shuffle, howling guitars and rousing chorus like a rabid preacher. The psychedelic, esoteric side of the dial is touched in the final track, Inside the Atom, a squeaky, rattling, rambling journey into the heart of darkness that echoes inside the brain. So I wanted to make an album, as Paul said earlier, uh, in a more classic sense. So I think in a, in a lot of ways, uh, listening to a lot, a lot of music over the last couple of years uh, uh, and being uh, certainly at home always listening to music on vinyl. So um, listening to a lot of the way albums have uh, been constructed I guess is one way of saying it over 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 time this one with the nuance that we found that uh, writing together uh, was something which with each uh, new attempt at working on a song uh, pushed uh, each of us uh, a little further with how we approached the song. So there was a kind of a, a, a momentum that built up after writing We Mainline Dreamers that, uh, that uh, led to us experimenting more widely throughout the album So the album does tell a story and I think it uh, takes us from the past to the present to the future uh, and I think in listening to it uh, even myself uh, having listened to it obviously several times uh, by nature of the production process but uh, uh, you know my task uh, initially uh, in writing lyrics uh, and uh, designing the the features of this album from a lyrical perspective enabled me to um, kind of, I guess, be in the best position to work out how to order the album and uh, how to, um, yeah, how to how to put those elements together in the most effective way. And, uh, and uh, Ed certainly allowed me the freedom to do that. I think in writing the songs, uh, the, the music that Ed's created is breathtaking. And I think... Uh, it it works, um, you know, beautifully with the atmosphere created by the lyric, um, and the music has kind of, you know, pushed uh, pushed my desire to uh, experiment in what I do. Uh, so I don't like to use the term concept album particularly I think uh, uh, it's a little 
overused, a little perhaps, uh, I don't know, cut short uh, a, a look at what you're doing. I think different people who've uh, reviewed the album have seen it as being, uh, from the lyrical perspective, a more poetic album, uh, a, a very moody album, and uh, and I think Ed's music is skillful. It's dynamic. He knows how to use dynamics in the structure of a song. So you, you never get a situation uh, uh, where... Uh, everything's going hell for leather at the same time everything has its place in the music and uh, so with each layer of listening uh, you also find that there's an, a, another counterpoint in the instrumentation to add to that mood or push that mood further so it was very easy to to write with this material uh, as a as a lyric writer, so I often found that uh, I was when I someone asked me for the lyrics for the album uh, after it had been recorded, they were doing a review, and uh, I went to my my uh, studio and uh, looked for the lyrics and. I, I realised at that point that I hadn't actually written one song lyrically from beginning to end on paper. And so when I was recording, uh, you know, there might be a verse that I had written or I had a chorus or, you know, maybe sometimes the ideas I had written in a few different places. And when it came to recording, I seemed to pull all of those things together to... To create, to create the song, so that's kind of how it happened. Uh, so there's a lot of sponta spontaneity in the in the lyric writing because of that, and uh, and then also um, with these fairly you know luxurious kind of musical arrangements and structures. Uh, uh, I was free to interpret how to to intersect with those, and I think I think that plays a part uh, also in the uh, overall atmospherics of this record. Uh, so I always intended it to be released on vinyl, and uh, we we did that. Um, so I always had in mind what I wanted a side one to do and what I wanted a side two to do. So um, the the first side one, I guess, kicks off with really a reflection on, on the past, really, uh, going back to the 1970s in a way and, and looking at... Uh, at uh, uh, what it was like experiencing uh, existence in in those moments. So even though there's not really any sense of exercising any demons on this record, uh, it's more getting inside 
the state of mind or the state of existence or the state of feeling. So side one kicks off with we mainline dreamers and uh, I think uh, there's a lot of uh, different uh, literary elements came to play. It's not that I was specifically reading things at a specific time but I guess uh, you know as a writer when you create something yeah there's always uh, in the backdrop uh, the, the things you've read or the things that you've experienced uh, writers that have influenced you or um, how your understanding of writers uh, certain things that you've read and written uh, impacts on how you uh, how you drive your own writing or your own expression and in the first track we mainline dreamers um, well the second verse talks about uh, Dreamt I was a butterfly, pinned spellbound to a wheel in your mind's eye. Woke up metamorphosized, hurled into shadows by the trickster. And the first verse, so far out I won't return my Agent Orange missions into the lost ground. No, luxury sport is a mean machine, left my daddy's car inside a ravine. So... Here, in this first track, it really is kind of travelling back in time to... Uh, it's almost like a rite of passage thing in life. However, I always see that tempered by uh, uh, metamorphosis, I think, and very much uh, in a Kafkaesque sense of uh, transitioning from one state of existence in your life to another and uh, I think We Mainline Dreamers is talking about how that begins how we step forward how we put ourselves out beyond the limits that we've understood in our early youth. The second track on the album is called The Canonization of Junk. The chorus says, you're a fixated person, this halo that I'm wearing out. You're a fixated person, the canonization of junk. And I think uh, most people, uh, when they're, you know, trying to define where they're from, conflict with the environment or the circumstances which produce 
in them the desire to behave and act in certain ways. Uh, I think uh, also the song is about corruption. The line here, where uh, perhaps it could be someone in power who feels threatened, uh, wild insinuations, remember your position, back off with your allegations, your witness claims, your insinuations. You serve no earthly purpose. Me, I'm the politician. Pearl necklaces, the gift to you. You're toxic to the people. And I think uh, at the time I wrote it, uh, being quite, I guess, disgusted by the narcissism uh, displayed by certain political figures. And so it looks at uh, that narcissistic response as well. The third track on the album is Significant Other. So here we're looking at can't go back to the 1970s, got no cryogenic freeze. Significant other left out to dry, waiting for a burial in the sky. Seems like something's going down. I don't think your world is round. Mood swings into the rabbit hole we go. Mood swings into the rabbit hole we go. And so we do we go to the Mad Hatter's Tea Party, I think. I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late, I know I'm going to be late, it's time for tea. And then at the other end of this, it's a jagged-edged killer's blade, it's outside, hot and rising tide. Hey, things are out there, pal. I'll kill you if you touch that dial. Significant other, there ain't no other. The fourth track on side one is Mercury Retrograde. I remember way back listening when I was a teenager to you know, all the bands that, you know, a lot of us listen to, you know, like uh, Cream or, you know. So, you know, hearing hearing songs about, like, Born Under a Bad Sign and um, I kind of uh, visit that in Mercury Retrograde and, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, What's Your Star Sign If Planets Align? your Mercury retrograde with a disintegrate array. And I figure, you know, that's a pretty bad sign that you're under there. So I guess that's what I'm doing in there. So um, the character in this song is overtaken in the end by superstition and fear 
because they can't really <laughs> they can't really seem to put a foot right and uh, in the end devise a trap where they no longer interact with the outside world at all because they're warned in in their astrology they're warned count down the days to the future event to an earthly sign a nearby planet don't travel don't sign up don't touch electric things we're in the shadows the fifth song on side one and the closing track on side one is called Life, Death, Infinity and uh, this was a, a really kind of a captivating piece of music by Ed and uh, the structure of it is interesting it's a little different uh, it's not a kind of a verse chorus type you know ditty uh, we've got like three kind of movements going on in the song here and uh, each uh, each of the three parts uh, is uh, uh, around uh, a word in the title and uh, I think too in in this this song in just as we mainline dreamers kicking kicking us off into this side was uh, you know taking us back to uh, a sort of hedonistic uh, a hedonistic uh, phase in 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 our you know lives uh, uh, I think uh, this track is where uh, uh, we kind of tie everything together with uh, looking at the past and the present and the future in a sense uh, in 1965 I was sent by a foreign power out to dispatch the enemy any way I pleased felt like I was in a paper plane in a cosmic storm a solar wind was blowing and I had no childhood left. The agents of 14 Umbra sent me to my death. So well, the first verse was uh, containing the word life, this verse containing the word death and uh, you know, obviously it's not uh, the uh, end of the life cycle, death, it's uh, it's a, a death of uh, a death of uh, your childhood, really. The moment when you're aware that uh, there's something a little bit more. And the last verse: Yesterday to the cemetery to visit my old man. His words so much clearer. Now the suffering has gone. I gazed across the river to the other shore. The sky is a deeper blue, deeper than I've ever seen. Clouds rolling along into infinity. 
insinuations Remember your position Back off with your allegations Your witness claims your insinuations no earthly purpose Me, I'm a politician A necklace is the gift to you Yes. 
significant other Other
Hi, I'm Gary Gray, and you're listening to And This One's Introduced By, where the artist introduces tracks from their album here on 3CR. Side two of We Mainline Dreamers kicks off with a song called Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Uh, This song uh, is another thread connecting back to, you know, like our, our... our young life, uh, you know, this is the kind of Cold War paranoia TV fantasy which, to us, without knowing the context uh, when we were young of, of, of all of these types of uh, American television shows like The Twilight Zone or, you know, uh, little did we know that they were um, metaphorical in many cases, uh, you know, as, as young kids watching all of these things, we thought that this was some kind of dystopia uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, that it was a, a future or near, near in the future and and something which uh, was not, you know, connected to our existence and our reality. And in in Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, I guess we see that for what it is. It was uh, a lot of science fiction and a lot of uh, a lot of writing that was inspired by being in the era of the Cold War. Uh, you know, takes us to this kind of, you know, this kind of paranoia is woven into everything. And so this voyage to the bottom of the sea here, we see like, uh, you know, the, the, the main character just basically having uh, a schizophrenic break. You know, it's... It's looking at those types of TV shows and that, that reality, the reality of that time, and, and looking at it through that prism. So uh, what, 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 we see, what we see in hindsight is that it was much more of a comment on what was going on at the time and that was the subtext and uh, so I guess this is us moving into uh, a contemporary weaving this is uh, uh, what we saw in the past but weaving it into a contemporary fabric so In track two, uh, a song called Credit Card Christian, uh, we get a clearer picture of (laughs) what delusion really is. So, you know, welcome to uh, reality in Credit Card Christian. Remove the blindfold from the eyes of justice so she can gaze into life. Every magazine must be emptied into manufactured smiles. I remain sanguine, 
seen it all before. The priest in the gutter, the wolves at the door. Faces like identicates and rubber telephones. I know so many roads that lead to Rome. And then later, the the resignation to and the acceptance of uh, status quo, uh, it's always uh, brought about by this, uh, the, the, the concept of, you know, everyone having a price, you know, and so uh, in the last verse, uh, in the last, I'm sanguine through all this, they're putting opiates into the jet stream, oh bongo bongo civilization, it's a dream, I'm a credit card Christian and it's just what it seems, I pray to the animal spirits every day, got my opiates in the jet stream that's my getaway these days bang bang blah 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 the next track on side two is the blood and bone man now i guess as paul said in the introduction this is a spooky record and uh, you might think that it's spooky that you know i wrote this song well, you know, before uh, before Putin invaded the Ukraine, for example. What is the blood and bone man? I think, uh, very funny, Paulie on Triple R asked me on a, on a show, uh, we played this, and uh, he said, what, what are you selling fertiliser? <laughs> Which I thought was really cool. Um, the Blood and Bone Man. The Blood and Bone Man. Aha. Uh-huh. The Blood and Bone Man. The Blood and Bone Man came yesterday. The Blood and Bone Man is here to stay. Yeah. He's telling us to look to the sky for a warning. He's got his hands in the air and his feet on the ground. In his mind he has a vision that's clear. The blood and bone man knows your fears. He's a serpent. Now he rides the motorcades and they line the streets to hear his words. He says, they'll cut you down with machines. He says, never believe anything that's written. Never believe just because they say they're wise men. Never believe it, just because they say they're wise men. Against us in the night of our tyranny, our bloody standards we will hold on high, and we will wash the fields with blood and bone. Yeah, I'd like to... uh, yeah, I guess point out that uh, it was written before a lot of stuff happened, but, you know, I think there's a, an element where songs like this could be written any time. 
because somewhere we will find that uh, it, it is true. The final track on the album is called Inside the Atom. Inside the Atom. I opened my eyes, it was lifetimes ago, down by the seaside, beneath the fathoms. In the black night sea, in the depths unleashed, cold inside your eyes, devoured by these things, bones bleached in the sand, dying so many times as the seas rose higher inside the atom. So writing inside the atom was uh, one of those enjoyable moments in songwriting that, uh, you know, we, one of the reasons that keeps us writing, I think. And in this one, <coughs> Ed found that he was in totally new terrain and uh, he said to me, look, I've, I've got this, you know, do you want to have a listen to it? And I said, yes, of course. And uh, uh, it, you know, came to me fairly quickly how I was going to, strangely enough, how I was going to uh, approach the song. Uh, it was something which I thought also uh, would be perfect as a closing track being that student of classic recordings and, you know, a big fan of things like uh, The End by The Doors or um, When The Music's Over or any, any of those albums where, you know, it's time to go somewhere else, <laughs> you know. And I think uh, th this one... Uh, I think I probably did maybe two takes and one of those was double tracking so um, it just came together very naturally because I knew what elements and strands from the earlier songs on the album that I wanted to uh, you know to tie together I guess and uh, resolve in a way so uh, yeah I kind of see this as a uh, in a sense <coughs> a, a spiritual conclusion to the album um, it's the whole sweep of time it's inside the atom Silence 
Hi, I'm Gary Gray. Please support Community Radio 3CR. Get involved and find out more on the website at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for listening to an episode of And This One's Introduced By. I'm Dr Gonzo and I'll be presenting another artist with another album next time on This One's Introduced By. Catch you next time.